Welcome to The Table, where three women of three generations are navigating together how to pursue God as Father, Jesus as Lord, and Spirit as Shepherd through every stage of life. It doesn't always look pretty, and it's never perfect, but we're always aiming to sharpen each other as iron on iron. So sister, pull up a chair, settle in, and get ready to grow with us in today's episode of The Iron Women. All right, welcome back to part three of our series called Prioritizing the Spiritual. If you are just tuning in now or have just happened upon the podcast, we would love to invite you to listen to the last two episodes in this series. They have been great conversations and are definitely worth a listen. This week, we're going to be discussing the topic of fellowship. You know, some of these are spiritual disciplines and some of these are just really good biblical principles and practices. It's impossible for us to fit each and every single one of the spiritual disciplines or expound on them really the way that we want to within a 50 minute episode. So this being a four part series, um, these things are kind of what we wanted to touch on today, just why it's so important to get connected with, stay connected with, and also just give back to uh, a body of believers. So, all right, without further ado, let's get into this with our connection point card yes. and start this conversation. Um, okay. What is your favorite board game to play? Monopoly. Period. period. Any okay. version of Monopoly. I and currently point. own 12 different versions. And they're still all at my house. Do you have Andersonopoly? Yes, yep. she does. This Christmas. Just got over she was so surprised because she didn't know they had it out. Yes. No. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. No, that's we did fun. look at where were we? Um, just you, me, daddy. We took a trip and we saw what? Savannah, Georgia. And we saw a Grinch version. And it was like a ridiculous it was amount like of money. $69.99. It was ridiculous. Holy cow. Yeah. And we're like, we don't love you that much. Yeah, yeah not that's, $70. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had a certain amount we were going to spend on her for that trip because it was just the three of us. Yeah. And, and that went... Over a little bit, but maybe <laughs> next Christmas. Ooh. Yeah, Monopoly. Okay, period. okay but Monopoly. but I have to say this though. <laughs> okay, so we got her Penguin Monopoly. <laughs> She's not the best um, Monopoly player. Monopoly player. You if just, she it's senses that, let, let's, it's not that I'm not the best. Okay, okay. If if she senses two people are organizing. Their properties and monies against me. Against her, she will just throw up the board. <laughs> I will quit, especially when it's my husband and brother working to take me down because I would win otherwise. Yeah, that well, upsets me. Well, that yeah, <laughs> me. I don't care. I hate Monopoly. Um, I love Scrabble, and no one in my family will play it with me. I know. You think if they loved their mother, there's going to be a day when they're like. We should have played Scrabble more with mom. It's all she asked. She only asked for one thing, oh, to play word. Scrabble. A, a Scrabble one. So you like words. I can see that. I can see I why do. you like I do. I love spelling. I love yeah. words. Yeah. She um, likes Boggle. It's also yes. words. Oh, Boggle. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. What about Bananagrams? Do you like Bananagrams? I have no idea what that, that is. Oh, oh you're going to love Bananagrams. We're going to get Deanna ba- Bananagrams for Christmas. <laughs> No, just play Scrabble with I know, me. Right? Yeah. Um, okay. So my, I really like uh, Settlers of Catan. 
Have you guys ever played? You're oh, one of those. you're, you're one, one of those. those. Yeah, you really, like those strategy, uh-huh. long drawn out. Like yes. Risk in yeah, the olden I, days. I really like Risk. Oh. Yep, I like Risk. There's another one too. Oh, man. Catan. Oh, is that Settlers? Is that no, the same thing? Well, yeah, yeah. Catan is, is okay. the same thing. Um, no, there's another one. Yeah. It's called um, Island, like the Islanders or something. Yeah. Our oldest got this game and I loved it because I am not a competitive person by nature, like at all. Yeah. yeah. And competition actually kind of just like frustrates and irritates the crap out of me. So I would do the same thing. I, and I have been known to like, just get up and walk away from board games. Like, Nope, I'm done. No, we're not doing this because it just brings out the ugly and that's just dumb. But anyways, this is like one where you literally have to strategize and work together as a team, like each one of your moves, it's like a little bit kind of like real life survivor (laughs) and like the first part of survivor. So that one I really, really like because you can't work against each other. (laughs) Like you (laughs) have to work together in order to do and accomplish like the island not seeking. So anyways, that's, that's another one of my favorites. Board games have made a revival in the last 10 years, you know? Well, we all do so dang much. We're like, so craving of things that just slow us down. Yeah. It's intentional again. So, yeah. Okay. So, uh, let's go ahead and start the conversation here about, um, getting connected and staying connected with our body of Christ. Um, why don't we just go ahead and start with where we're all at? You know, obviously we're all a part of the same body that God brought us all to. So, Let's talk about kind of what that looks like, what our interactions look like. Deanna, do you just attend on Sundays? (laughs) Yes, I'm one of those pastor's wives that, um, yes, I just only attend and I never have anything to do with those people (laughs) the rest of the week. No, uh, I love my local body of Christ. And you know me, um, this is the way I I think I want to explain first that when we go to the New Testament and it talks about fellowship. Um, it it has this main concept of local body of believers. Yeah. And I say that because that is right now a very argued yes. um, point. Yep. So, you know, when when Christ refers to the church, there's a few times where it means the universal church, mm-hmm. the body of believers all over the world. Right. And then there's the local body of believers. And we see very clearly as um, Acts develops this concept of what this local body of believers is, it's a group of people that kind of live around each other and they meet together uh, and do all these different things that Acts talks about. And so one of them is fellowship. So I am a strong believer in the local church. Yeah. I always have been and I I always will be. Um, so yes, I consider them my my spiritual family and um very well, yeah, I'm I believe very firmly in the concept of spiritual family, doing life with them as much as possible. And so yeah, fellowship with my local body of believers is um, important to me. And I've been involved in local bodies where they didn't necessarily have that same belief system. It was more of just the come to church and we see each other at church. Yeah. And um, I just, I've always believed that that was not, that was not the original intention of this, just to 
kind of know some people on Sundays and in the old days, Wednesdays. Yeah. Um, but to live life and and be involved with each other. And so I think, you know, a lot of these other topics that, you know, whether it's a spiritual discipline or it's a biblical practice or um, just a principle through scripture, like when we talk about hospitality, I think that starts with the local body. I love in Galatians where it says, you know, do good, especially to those of the household of faith. Mm -hmm. And he was writing that to a local group of believers, the Galatians. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I, I, I love, I right now can say I love my body of believers, my local church. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I think it goes along the um, same heartbeat as kind of the rest of this topic and these conversations, um, just about like the tendency to compartmentalize your faith yeah, um, and just live out of a place of, oh, well, I pray, but I pray alone at home. Or I I study the, or I read the Bible, but I don't actually live any of it out in yeah. any of my movements. Um, and same thing here, you know, well, I attend church on Sunday, but I'm not actively involved in any of the lives of the other church members or family yeah. of God that I'm a part of. So and a lot of that goes back to the busy again. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm just so busy. And then that's when I ask, busy doing what? What? Yeah. Because there's some pretty clear demands and commands in Scripture of how we are to be with one another yeah. in our local body. And that's not to say I don't, I don't have these relationships with Christians in my community, that goes to the next step for me as I move outward from my sphere of, you know, my my family, my blood family, my spiritual family, then the sphere of my community, and then how I then go to the local body, um, other local bodies in my community, and then state, yeah, and then country, and then world. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, having having this idea of fellowship on all those levels. Yeah. And you know, you have to plan that out. Yeah. What is that going to look like? My, I agree. Like we've said earlier, we all currently go to the same uh, local church and I'm obsessed with our church. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I mean, it's, and that's, we got a good one. <laughs> and that's just a crazy thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. Like I love going to church. Yeah. And as a pastor's kid, it has growing up, I couldn't say that most of the time. I loved people there. Right. I loved what we did there, but it was almost like a part-time job in the week. Oh yeah, we go to church. Mm. We don't miss it. But I love that I get to say like I love everything about my church. When we go on vacation, just one Sunday, I'm yeah. like, "Oh yeah. I have to get back." I don't know how 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 people go weeks, months and not missing that feeling of like, oh, my brothers and sisters together and we're like doing oh, this yeah. together and, and talking about God and learning about him together. And whether it's Bible studies, like on a Tuesday, or Thursday night or home groups yep. or, you know, like me on the worship team, like well, just doing stuff together. Yeah. Like this, these are my people. This is my tribe. Like yeah. these yeah. people are going to be in it forever my with family. me. Yep. Like this, this is the eternal family here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm investing in this family. That's forever. Um, Oh, yeah. So it's just like I, I love and because the reality is, unfortunately, a lot of people can't they can't honestly say, like, I love going to church. Mm-hmm. And I've been there. I've been there. It's been a dread. Yeah. It's been a mm-hmm. I got to go to church like, uh, but yeah. it's such a uh, it's such a blessing to be able to say, like, 
I yeah. just love, I'm obsessed with going to church. Yeah. We're in a really, we, we, we're really blessed with a body of believers that like, at least for me, I'll speak from, from my place. We moved, um, out of the state that we, we left a lot of family and friends behind. And so now we're in a new place. Um, and we've been here for almost three years now and we knew coming into this move, like our first priority was going to be to find a church that was small enough to feel like family. Like we were pretty specific in like, even just the size, we didn't want to just be an attender. We didn't just want to be, um, someone that would be hard to have touches with. Like we wanted a, a smaller community because we were leaving family. Hmm. And so we like needed our church to become our family. Um, and man, (laughs) we thought we were moving like closer to the mountains (laughs) and God was like, "Mm, (laughs) no, I'm moving you to this specific place with these specific people. And for this specific purpose, and y'all really truly have become like my family. Like, um, it's, it's funny. We're, we're recording today in my home and like my whole family was here at the, at the front door when y'all first got, got here, my kids knew exactly who you were, Yeah, you know, and they were excited. Like they, like it was like auntie came over, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And like, that's something that was really important to us to be able to provide for them too, because yeah. we didn't just move us away from our family. We moved them too. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, we, have been really, really blessed to be able to have that. Well, I um, think you used the right words. You prioritized this. Yeah. And, and that's what we're talking about, prioritizing the spiritual. Yes. And I know this sounds so fanatical, but for some reason, the job has taken the priority. Yep. Um, I will go where my job sends me. Yeah. Um. You know, I will, I will move from a place that a healthy spiritual body where I'm obviously growing and learning, but this other, I want to move to be around blood family. Mm-hmm. I want to move to where I get a better paying job. And the thing is, I so get that. Yeah. I get that thought process, but could we be challenged to a different mindset of spiritizing the spiritualizing the um or prioritizing the spirituality in like this is going to be the most crucial aspect of my family's life yes. is the local church mm-hmm. and i want to make sure like i am not moving to an area if i do not know that there's going to be a good, healthy. That there's not something there. Yes. Or that God's not calling you to go and start yes. that. Or I mean, do yes, that, there's you know? there's a lot of reasons why people do that. But I'm starting to hear some Christians more and more just, yeah. you know what? I mean, I'm going to give up the better paying job because this for my family, spiritual health. Yes is so much more important. Absolutely. And I know I just sounded very fanatical saying all that stuff. Mm. But I think it just reveals how far we are. Yeah. Like, is it though? Is it? Like, I feel like that's so sad to even have to say that. I know. That this is like, oh, well, this is fanatical. You know, like when I first became a a Christian, um, I don't know if I like heard this from somewhere or whatever, but it stuck with me. It said, it's a quote. And basically it says that, Recklessness to the world looks like radical obedience to God. Yeah. 
And yeah. that is just something that has always stuck in my heart, you know, yeah. like, man, this looks so reckless. Or this, this isn't wise at all. And I, you know, sell everything that I own and go move to the mission field. Like what, you know, yeah. you're not planning for your Roth IRA. You don't have right. a retirement plan in place and you don't have any of these things. Like you got to make all these moves first. Well, what about college? You got to set up college funds for your kids. What if your kids want to go to like, yeah. you know, mostly like, I know that that kind of all stemmed around financial decisions and whatnot, but like sometimes like, well, no, God calls us to live a radically obedient life. Yeah. And the fact that these conversations are happening less and less and less, and like that it's weird to have a conversation about like spirituality, like our Christianity, our relationship with God to be our priority. Yeah. And what that looks like is, I don't know, it just kind of breaks my heart a little bit Yeah, to know that. So I think, you know, even when we look back at just how um, times have changed, uh, I like, I do, I like to read a lot on the history of the church and and I, I want answers. Like, why is it like this now, not then? Not saying that back then was better. There's a lot of things that we do now that I'm just like, wow, I'm really glad I live in this time yeah. period of the yeah. church. But um, it there was a day when the church was your only option for your social yeah. life. Yeah. And now, you know, we have um, women working outside the homes. I mean, mm -hmm. that was a huge transition that's taken place in my lifeline, my lifetime. And I don't, I don't consider that a, a bad thing or a wrong thing. But what happened is our work family became our family. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've seen the rise of sports with our children. Mm -hmm. And you know, we spend four or five nights, whether it's sitting at a practice or at a gym watching them play, we make that a priority. And so then right. there's people. And I will say this, that can become very much a place of evangelism right. and ministry. But we have to remember that does not constitute what the New Testament tells us is a local body of Christ. Yeah. And I quite honestly am just being tired of being made to feel like my belief in the local body of Christ is ancient or outdated. Mm -hmm. It's not. Mm -hmm. It's 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 this really neat wise plan that yeah. God had for us. And as we look at all these different areas this is what we do life with each other. This is how we grow spiritually yeah. within the body of Christ. Yeah. I think it also starts too with like, even just having the conversation, bringing it up, you mm -hmm. know, like you talked about um, kids sports and everything else. Like really, this is just about living with intentionality, you know, and asking yourself the question like, okay, Sports are healthy for my kids. It's good for them to have extracurricular activities and everything else, you know? Um, but like, are you asking yourself the question, mm -hmm. like, is this the best thing for my child? Oh, well, Wednesday night is, is youth group. You know, like, are you asking the question, is it more beneficial to my child to play soccer or to be in a connected body with their fellow youth on a Wednesday night. Right. You know, um, and that I feel like is kind of where it goes back to evaluating, you know, because yeah. if, if the answer to that question is, well, yeah, they're both equal. Then I think that there needs to be some good sober evaluation of why in, in your mind it is equal for your child to be athletic and connected with, yeah. with the body of believers, because 
again, are we prioritizing the spiritual in our right. life? Are we prioritizing living according to the word of God? Yeah. Are we prioritizing our Christian walks? And 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 it, it goes back to this topic of fellowship, just kind of what the Bible has to say about, about living in communion yeah. with one another. And he's not given us the command, you may have said this in an earlier episode, um, or I may have read it somewhere, but when he commands something of us or asks something of us, it's either like to protect us or it's because he knows it's better for us than what we would have chosen. And he's like, no, you want to be plugged into a body. Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. The benefits far outweigh what you're going to get from anything else you choose to put your time into. And we... We have several of those listed out that we can talk about. But yeah, please. Can you what you are sacrificing, yeah. it, it is less tangible, right? like a soccer practice or a kid award or a scholarship or um, a raise at yeah. work yeah. or a better, bigger house or something like that or more vacations you can afford because we're prioritizing the spiritual over yes. the other things yeah. that we could yeah. be getting in life. Yeah. Talk about some of those benefits. I mean, just thinking about like us three sitting at this table, Mm -hmm. this would not have existed if we weren't plugged into the church we're all plugged into Yeah, and got roots dug and got to know each other and had fellowshiped and edified. Like this all flows back to that. Yeah. Um, This in and of itself too is like an answered prayer request for at least two of the three of us. Yeah. (laughs) The whole, and Deanna just giving us our dreams. I'm here for age. (laughs) You've just missed out on so much. Like the Iron Women podcast, Ironing, Sharpening Iron. The accountability aspect of having a body of believers that you're plugged into. Um, The friendship the support, the family, if you aren't near family, physical family, yeah, like you said, and I know, um, like we're not near either of my grandparents in like locationally, we're, they're not down the street. Yeah. So like my family, my whole life has pretty much been church people, yeah. people I consider, they were my babysitters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were the people I called, you know, when something was wrong and I couldn't get in front of touch with my parents. Yeah. Um, you miss the rebuke, which is something that we don't want. You, right. you actually do want it in yeah. the end. That, that church discipline aspect. It's actually healthy for you. Yeah. Um, so maybe we can just talk about that. And then you're more likely to, when you're isolated out by yourself, like what are the dangers of that? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, uh, I, you know, this, I got to be careful because I can go down some roads on this topic. And so I want to stay as, as positive as I can, but I blame it on my gifting. <laughs> and so, um, you know, once again, I, I, I'll eventually stop saying this, but I want everyone to understand, like, I'm 53 now. Yeah. And I've lived a little bit of life. And at this point, I've seen parents make the decision to go one way and not the way of telling their children, we are going to be faithful. Yeah. We're not just going to be faithful. We are going to be a family that serves and grows and gets to know one another in our church family, lives life with them. And I've seen some of the results of that. Now, I'm not saying that that's the definite reason that it happened. But I have seen when all those other aspects of life have been prioritized to the neglect of the local body of Christ, 
you're not going to be very happy with the consequences. And so, um, can you talk about some of those though? Like go into like, what are the potential pitfalls or dangers? You know, it's okay. These conversations need to happen. Yeah. Um, okay. So if you, if you make your children's education, um, and them getting a scholarship, um, which yes, I, I, I know a few thousand of them will get scholarships out of the millions. Yeah. Um, but if you make that the end goal, right, and that end goal doesn't happen, you're left with that. Yep, you're left with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with with our kids and man, I I I made a lot of mistakes and just flat out did a lot of things wrong with our kids. But there were a few things that we just set up as just principles in our home. Yeah. And one of them was, we're just not going to be out every night of the week, making sure our kids experience everything there is for them to experience. Yeah. Um, And, you know, they were allowed to be involved in a sport. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if there there was like another thing maybe attached to church or school, um, and maybe she could have ended up being a prima ballerina. (laughs) Um, And that's, yeah. And that's how God wanted her to be he, him to be glorified through her being a prima ballerina. Yes. But the thing is, we made sure that it was like, no, you can't do anything you want to do. Yes. You are going to do, and you want to go after what God's plan and purpose is for you. And I yeah. believe you find a lot of that through the church. Yeah. And, um, you know, parenting as well, parenting God's way, I guess you, you can call it. Sure. So, you know, I, I don't want to get overly critical of these things just because of a generation I came through. But you just flat out, when you make the decision that everything else is going to prioritize a worship, a corporate worship service, where it's the one time like God gives us all the other days. Yeah. And he's just kind of, can y'all come together yeah. and just make worshiping me together a priority? Mm-hmm. And we constantly let everything push that out of the way. Right. We're making a conscious decision and there will be consequences. Yeah. You, you may just let your children know through that decision that, no, this isn't a priority. Right. And what you're saying is God isn't a priority. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you've, so- you've found yourself kind of speaking out of both sides of your mouth, well, you know, yeah. and like church is a priority and this is how we live and yeah. this is what we do. But then you might be seen making a whole bunch of decisions that are counter yeah. to that. You know, uh, I know for us speaking kind of like to our children and whatnot. And I know this is probably going to ruffle some feathers too, but even with education, you know, my kids are, I have an 18 year old, but then I also have a five and a six year old. Yeah. And, um, we have always like the point of education is to equip you to get you to, to be where God wants you to be. If God calls you to be a surgeon, right. I don't ever want to hold you back from that. But that is the purpose Mm -hmm. of education. That is, it's to equip you to do what God has called you to do. Right. You know, and. Yeah. So, okay. So I think one of the, one of the oppositions to that would be, and please know that I I speak from a heart of experience, Mm -hmm. but the church has hurt me. Mm. And I think that was. One of the reasons why my husband and I were just so like, surely 
surely we can have a church that just does the simple things of what the church is supposed to do and do it correctly as much as we know how. Right. And I have been hurt by the church. Mm-hmm. Whatever we mean by the church, I usually mean a few select people. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, in, in, in our demographic, we hear a lot of that. Yeah. I've been hurt by the church. And um, I, I will just say this. I still no excuse. Right. It's it's a it's a reason to be okay. I'm a little nervous going back into this. Sure, but it's not an excuse to walk away from the plan yeah. that God had for us. Talk to me about that. That like is it is it a biblical mandate for us to be connected to a local body of Christ? Oh yeah, I'm I'm convinced of it. Yeah, and um, it, it's okay. So you have a few verses. Yep, that talk to that. But you have to look at a pattern. Yeah. What he set up, how he went about setting it up. Yeah. And so the church was meant to equip us, to encourage us, to exhort us, um, to come together. I mean, Acts is pretty clear about what the church was meant for. And even when you come into Romans and the epistles, you just see this. Like, Mm -hmm. it's all done within the context of a local body of believers. Yeah. And that is where you, when I say when you grow within the context of a church, it's interesting because most most believers or Christians or people that attend church, they will go until something bothers them. And if something bothers them, I'm not talking about theological things, right. you know, we just, you know, do we have to qualify? But yeah, like, oh, you're, they're not really doing that right. Or I'm not getting enough attention here. Or man, I really wanted to sing in the choir and, mm. you know, that that's petty stuff. Yeah. Well, we just, we just pick up and go to another church. Mm-hmm. And so what we do is we leave behind a trail of us just walking away from situations that we never really learned how to deal with spiritually deal with more the best word biblically yeah um well i have a problem with her i'm just leaving the church mm-hmm. i have a problem with him i'm just leaving the church yeah and so that that's not what we were supposed to do because yeah. when you go back to new testament times there wasn't a hundred 300, 1,000 churches within 10 minutes that you could choose to go to. Right. And so you were meant to work out, flesh out this stuff within the spiritual context of the rules of Scripture. Like, you go to a brother. You go to a sister. And we don't do that anymore. We just leave the church. Yeah. And so— or and we try hard. to get over our crap and then just become resentful. And- oh, yeah, and bitter <laughs> to yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. I've oh, known yeah. people that have sat in churches um, where it was large enough to where one sits on one side and one sits on the other. Mm. And I'm I'm like, seriously, for mm-hmm. 25 years, you've been sitting on this pew with bitter feelings toward the person on the other side. I'm like, that was not God's intention. What is that verse when, um, if you have something against another brother, it's in first Corinthians right somewhere then. six, seven. Yeah. Um, yeah, somewhere in Matthew, it's in Matthew as well. Yeah, leave so, your offering, go to your brother, like work it yeah, out. Yeah, and and I mean, it's it's pretty clear, like how yeah. to deal with things. It's not gray. Yeah, it's it's pretty black and white. It's yeah. more black and white than we realize. So when we go back to this concept of fellowship, yes, 
within the local body, I think a lot of people can first say, well, I've, I've had problems with the church. So, or they'll say, well, you know, I just don't feel connected. Mm. And I'm like, well, yeah, I've heard that one. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you know, some of it is your responsibility, yeah. but I do say if you're in a church for three years and no one has come up to you or you've tried and it's not reciprocated. Yeah. You know, first evaluate yourself. Sure. Um, you know, ask someone like, is there something about me I need to you know, fix yeah. or adjust or am I just do it, turn off people? Go to a church that they're actively doing this. Yes. Oh, I'm so thankful that you brought that up because, um, yeah, I think that <laughs> it's important to kind of like disclaimer this, that we're, we are very much talking about a healthy, theologically sound, yes. um, body of believers. Yeah. Um, definitely to have within your skill set is that tool of evaluation. Yeah. Um, but evaluate the fruit, yeah. evaluate the fruit of the community that you are a part of and yeah. that you are giving yourself to. Yeah. Do they stand on the word of God? Like, yeah. do they elevate the ministry of the teaching and preaching of the word of God? Because if they don't, what's their foundation? Yeah. You know? And so I think that that's, I'm, I'm so thankful that you touched on that because, um, fellowship important. Yes. Yeah. With believers, yeah. you know, um, with believers of the word, not some of these communities that are starting to dabble in and potentially get caught up in some of these dangerous, like heretical beliefs, yeah. you know, it, it just, if we could just keep it simple. Yeah. Okay. So we come together to serve one another. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Most, I mean, I've actually not asked most people this, so I can't preface with saying most people I ask, when, <laughs> like, like you would want I've to. I've asked a lot of people though, but so maybe I could preface it. It's, it's like nine times out of 10 when someone leaves the church and they're like, wait, I just didn't get connected. You know, no one, you know, I just didn't make any connections. And I remember thinking like, uh, how often did you come? Yeah. Where did you sit? Yeah. Did you move around, try different places to sit? Yeah. And where did you serve? Yeah. Because for some reason, service gets a group of people together like nothing else. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If yeah. you serve together. Yeah. And if your church... What church doesn't have areas to serve? Like, yeah. if, if you bring more the than one nursery, you, yeah. the second, <laughs> seriously, all nurseries need volunteers at all times. So go seek out the nursery. But like, the second you get on a team with people, you are then become dependent on other people mm -hmm. and you're partnering with other people and you are bound to get connected that way through service. So it's yeah. like, but then I'm thinking of like people who maybe do that. And then it's, it's especially let me like introverts. Yeah. who really genuinely struggle. Yeah. Like I show up to serve every week. I just can't get over the hurdle of, hi, my name is like, yeah, you know, like yeah. what, what about those people? Like, and, and then it falls on, you know, the others extroverts of us to kind of be mindful of those people. And yeah. you know what? Uh, they're, they're, they're just showing up and they're serving. So mm -hmm. let me, it's like to, to get, what is the saying? Um, to, find a friend, you got to be a friend. Yeah. I don't know. Show to, yourself to friendly. Find connection. You got to be connection. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's that. And then there's the, um, our culture has just somehow convinced us that everything we need mm. is in and of ourselves. Yeah. And at home sitting with our phone 
and Facebook yeah. gives me all the social I need. Yeah. And, uh, or my girlfriends I see once a month and go out to eat with, give me everything I need. Or, uh, my parents phone call twice a week gives me everything I need. Yeah. Um, and those all can be great, but it's, there's something about it being based in the spiritual of a body. And I mean, the whole concept of body um, can kind of go back to, um, I don't know what passage it is, but. The members. The members of members, a body, yeah. like a physical body. Yeah. Like there's the metaphorical body. Mm-hmm. Right. But there's no, 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 like the body of Christ, like the fingers, the lungs. Yeah. yeah. Like what good is a finger if it's not connected to the hand that's connected to the arm that's connected yeah. to the body right. that's connected to the head of Christ. Yeah. yeah. Like what it good is you just have fingers sitting out there, dude. You're going to, yeah, you're dead. Yeah. You got no blood flowing to you. No wonder you're cold and yeah. blue. And well, it is interesting because I do ask questions of lots of people over the last 30 years and just even related to church. And so many have so many different expectations of what the church and when I say church, the local body of believers is supposed to be. And mm-hmm. you have the, the, opposite ends of the spectrum. I'm there to just, you know, to serve, 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 and do, 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 and that. And then you have the other of, I come in and and they're all supposed to serve me. And there was never this concept in scripture of come and attend a service. Yeah. And that's what church has become. Yeah. I'm going to attend a service. I'm going to do my, yeah, going to do my religious duty. Mm -hmm. And I've been to church. That is nowhere in scripture. So that is a thing that has morphed over time and um, developed in the eyes of people. The other concept has been the, the people that we hire, they're supposed to do all the stuff for us, you know? And so we have such, you know, messed up concepts of what the church was supposed to be for us and us for it. Yeah. Well, and then you have the other side of that coin too, where the search the church is just a social club. Yes. It is my point of connection and friendship. And, yes. And you're not actually getting to any of the benefits, like we talked about earlier, of being connected to a body. It's it's yeah. just where you go to feel good about yourself or to feel like you have friendship and everything else, which is, you know, it is one of the benefits that the Lord brings in from being connected with the body of Christ, but it goes into that, into that service, you know, like, um, serving your body, not just being there, um, just to get your, your me cup filled and, and everything else. Um, and I think we also miss this concept of hospitality. Sure. And, that I think that's been one of the biggest things that's, um, you know, I remember a time where homes were opened and then doors closed. And I don't know if it's because of we're all embarrassed what's behind closed doors, because what's behind a closed door is not what everyone sees when I come in on Sunday. I don't know what happened, but doors did close. Um, our door closed. Yeah. And um, I think just this concept of, you know, my home. Um, and my, my home is God's home mm. and everything God's gives me is a tool. Everything God's gives me is something to somehow bring him honor and bring him glory. And so my home, though there's times I'm like, okay, let's, let's close the door tonight. Let's close the door this weekend, but let's open it Yeah, this weekend and this night and this night and, uh, just bringing in the other 
family members from the church yeah, to get to know them. So we move past that shallow existence mm-hmm. on Sunday morning, yeah, um, doing life with each other. And so you say, I'm too busy. Well, busy doing what? Yeah. Busy doing what? Because when someone has a prayer need, boy, they want their church family praying for them. Yeah. But the thing is, I'll, I'll get some prayer needs, and and someone will come in like, "Hey, do you even like? I don't even know this person." Yeah, and um, like they want everybody to pray for them, but they didn't want to make connections. And so, a term I use a lot is, "I try to build equity." Yeah, I try to build equity with people in my church, so then when it comes time for some of these things on here, like rebuke, accountability, discipleship, mentoring, all this stuff that can take place within the body of Christ. I try to build equity with people, whereas I I try to listen to their story. Yeah. I try to get to know them. I try to get to know their children's names. I try to do little things along the way that lets them know, you know, that that lady at church, like, I think she cares about us. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And um, I may not be texting them every day, checking up on them. Right. But there are going to be some touches along the way so that when it does come time to be obedient to uh, Galatians 6.1 and the end of James, where we step into someone's life when we see them going down a path that's not good. Right. And trying to speak some truth that it's not my first time having had to say that to them. Right. Uh, You know, I, I even love how our church has handled truly this concept of church discipline Mm. and making it a, yes, it's a difficult thing, but it can be a very beautiful thing. Yeah. And so um, I don't know, you know, go ahead. Do we have any examples between the three of us of when we personally have been held accountable by someone in our church that was a healthy way of doing it and it it brought us back (laughs) into the... I'll I'll go. (laughs) Like how it it can work successfully if you do it biblically. Okay. Well, can I, may I? Yes, you may. (laughs) Uh, Well, just recently, I'm actually pulling up a text message between Deanna and I. Uh, because... I wasn't paid under the table to ask this question. (laughs) Funny that you say that. Um, I didn't even know about what's about to be said. I know, right? (laughs) Okay, so... Um, just a few weeks ago, we went to a conference together and, um, so Deanna and I had quite a, quite a bit of time in the car together and I just casually, uh, (laughs) I'm in her, I'm in a Bible teaching course. Um, so Deanna is leading a bunch of us women in how to become equipped Bible teachers, (laughs) people who actually know how to study the word and present the word of God, um, in a clear biblical way. You would think that that concept wouldn't be a foreign one, but it is. Uh, So anyways, we are being equipped to actually teach the word. So through this course, you are like exegeting through a specific passage. And um, (laughs) last year, I would like cram my sessions because (laughs) my priorities (laughs) apparently were in order. Uh, And I thought like sitting down on a Monday afternoon for six hours would be sufficient And, um, and so I like flipped and told my teacher that I was cramming my (laughs) sessions. Um, and she, uh, very lovingly, uh, but basically was like, no, you need to be marinating and chewing on that scripture all throughout the week. 
And I was like, well, I mean, I do it in my session. Like I just spend like the first hour or so, like really just like reading it over. Like we would have to like track how many times we read this specific passage. I'd be like, I'm, I got like seven or eight in there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I gave myself time and she was like, no, this is, this is really important. You need to be doing this all throughout the week. You need to have touch points with that scripture all throughout the week. And I kind of like puffed up bristled. a little bit. Yeah. I bristled, <laughs> bristled. And I was like, uh, you know, I, I kind of, I think I just got quiet. And I was like, basically in my heart, how dare she? Like, I am, at least I'm doing it. You know how many people around me aren't even like attempting? They don't even have this thought. At least I'm doing it. And so, um, I came home and I talked to my husband I was like, can you believe that she said this to me? Oh my goodness. It was ridiculous. Um, and so, you know, and my husband is amazing. And so he was like, mm, I think you need to evaluate that a little bit more. And so then the next day we went to our class <laughs> And, um, because Deanna's the teacher, so she could kind of hear that it wasn't maybe just one single student that was doing this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> maybe there was like a vein of this throughout. Uh, and so she basically fr in front of the class, she didn't throw my name out there or anything, but she was like, if this is something that you are not willing to commit to, like marinating in the scriptures and having a touch with it at least every day, every other day, like consistently throughout the week, I want you to get up right now, pick up your stuff and leave this class. Because unless you are willing to commit to this and this very important aspect <laughs> of this process, I don't want you to be a Bible teacher in our church. And man, if I bristled in the car... <laughs> And I didn't even have you in mind. Yeah. It was well, a general. Was, yeah. yeah I, I've, I say that all the time for these yes, things. Yeah. yeah. And so, and I bristled, man. I was like a puffer fish. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, and I literally, oh my goodness. God is like way too good to us. Literally had the thought, I need to pick up my stuff. Mm -hmm. I need to pick up my stuff and I need to leave. Because that's like, I was like, if my efforts are not good enough, then I'm just not going to do this. Like, mm -hmm. that's where my heart was. Mm. Um, and so <laughs> I brought it home, told my husband again, <laughs> again, I think maybe you just need to evaluate that a little <laughs> bit more. Um, and so uh, I did. And, you know, uh, I ended up texting you yeah. uh, just a uh, well, just a couple days ago, actually, yeah. uh, because <laughs> that was, what, a month ago now? Um. And we have a relationship, like hmm. what you talked about earlier about building equity and building rapport. Like you have done that, you know, hmm. like we do life side by side. Like we're sitting at my house right now, like recording this podcast together. Like you have invested in me and my spiritual walk, you know? And, um, yeah, I just, I had this moment basically when I was just praying and, um, the Lord was like, she encouraged you in your pursuit of godliness. She encouraged you in your pursuit of the word. Like, how dare you? Yeah. What are you mad about? Like, what are you upset about? You know? And I was like, man, I'm really wrong. And so now we've been doing this for a month. And um, earlier, earlier on, the Lord was like convicting my heart about this. And I printed out the scripture that we were in and I hung it everywhere. And I was like, okay, well, this is going to be really hard. Like just me and the person that I am, it's going to be really hard for me to be disciplined enough to like take out my phone or take out my Bible at all these different. So if I print this and hang it in the spots that I am most of the day or most of the time, 
I can take three minutes to pause and look to the side of my desk and read through this scripture. And at first I really was just doing it out of like, well, I, I have to be, <laughs> I'm not allowed in this class if I don't do this. Mm-hmm. And so I really did like, well, I need to check that box. Um, and so now I am in the portion, our, our exegeted scriptures are due like next week. And so I have really been like honing in on like just the process of that. And man, y'all, like this word has, it's familiar to me. Mm. Like I sit down and I like, the context is like almost natural. Like anyways, I could go into like all the ways that that was beneficial, but to talk about like the fellowship aspect of like the rebuke of like Mm -hmm. someone like calling me out, you know, and it was in such like a, I don't even think that your intention was. Because it it came. Yeah. Because I I have done, you know, specific things like that in situations, but you know, for the, the purpose of this class is, listen, you're, you're, you're wasting your time. Yeah. If you're not going to do the very first step of slowly being in the scriptures and just let the scripture, before you try to answer all these, you know, method questions yeah. on, you know, what the author's original intent was. Yeah. was. <laughs> and I also spoke it from my own personal experience. Yeah. Because I took the same, you know, class you took yeah. the year before <laughs> and I tried to do the same thing. Yeah. And so still just me developing. And that's where I think we we don't share and we don't yeah. speak into other's eyes like listen i i i've been through this i'm down this path a little bit further than you yeah and so let me just say like if you don't if you don't give the time to this this particular thing is not going to work yeah you are wasting and in this class we all agree yes it requires a lot of time yeah and so um so yeah just the fact that you and i love but I love that you wrestle with things, and yeah. I, I have a trust with you that um, you receive well from me, yeah. even if you get a little bristled with me. <laughs> um, you receive well from me, yeah. and you always come back and talk it out with me. Yeah. But that could have definitely been something where you're like, you know what? Oh, yeah. yeah. I had the thought. Psh, I'm getting she, up and leaving this class. Yeah. Who she thinks okay, she fine, is. Then. And a wedge driven. And just mm-hmm. think of all the ministry. Oh, yeah. That could have been affected by that. And, yeah. um, and like, I think this started with the question you asked. How many of you have actually been, like, confronted by yeah. someone? Held kept accountable. You, held accountable. And I, I don't have a lot of people. Yeah. I have... Vi- <laughs> I don't know. Like I beg people to hold me accountable. And I I have a couple of people now that I think, you know, but I remember years ago when I really started mentoring. Mm. um, And when I started mentoring, you know, girls in my church, I thought I needed to mentor them to be just like me. (laughs) Because, you know, in my 30s, my my early to mid 30s, and obviously I had it all together and I knew everything at that point. And (laughs) there I am now. Yeah. There is a girl and you know what I I want to mention her name because she has a ministry and she was so good I don't think she'd mind me mentioning her yeah. name her name was Donya Dunlap and she was one of my husband's secretaries at the church and she wanted me to mentor her and she's a smart girl yeah she 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 had a lot of gifting and she asked me to mentor her and I remember a few months in um, I go into her office and I'm telling her these things and she's like Deanna I just want you to know I don't want to be mentored to be just like you. That that is not why I want you to mentor me. 
I want you to just mentor me to be a better me. And I'm like, oh, and you know, I bristled at that, but I use that in so many examples because she awakened me to, no, Deanna, I know, I know you have pure motives here to mentor, but you mentor them to be like Christ. And and that's when I really started focusing on, okay, let's find what your spiritual gift is. Let's find what God has for you. Not doing it just like Deanna Bartlett does it. And to this day, like Danya is in in great ministry. She's written books since then. And what would have happened if I would have done that? And I'm like, Thank you, Danya, for keeping me accountable. Yeah. But um, no, I mean, I don't know. Have you had many people keep you accountable? Um, I, I need more. Uh, but I mean, other than the obvious of my mom and my dad, who also my pastor's pastor's wife <laughs> most of my life, um, I had a mentor through high school oh, yeah. that kept me accountable when I didn't want her to um, about things I was doing uh, <laughs> behind my parents' backs, um, disobedient <laughs> to the utmost. And she knew it. Uh, and I knew mm. she knew it. And she gave me a warning. And granted, she was also my Bible teacher in school as well as my my mentor outside of school. So, yeah. um, and she was like, Erica, this isn't, this isn't going to end well. Like, we've got to stop. We've got to stop. And she had put years before that conversation of time with me, years of taking me to coffee, years of one-on-one dinners, years of just hanging with me. It doesn't always have to be a spiritual conversation, just being my friend. And it turns into a trust. It turns into a relationship of accountability to where in my heart, when she said, what you're doing, you you and I both know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I bristled, of course, as any (laughs) 17-year-old would do. Um, But... In the end, she was right, and I paid some consequences, and I <laughs> yeah. learned some lessons. And to this day, we just have – she is just a gift. Like, yes. And she's done it not just with me. She's yeah. just like a machine of mentoring these girls, and it's accountability yeah. based on her walk, her, um, you know, rep, um, not repertoire. Is that what, the word I'm looking for? Like a – I don't know. Yeah, just yeah. like you build, you build something with someone. Rapport, rapport. rapport. That's what I was. Yeah. I'm bad with words. Um, rapport, and and then she builds that trust with people. So like yeah. that's who I've. Um, but even just recently, I've had friends come into my life. Um, me and my husband both have another couple friend who we've had a couple conversations since we've really kind of in the last year gotten closer. Where the conversation has led to. Maybe some things were said that shouldn't have been said. Mm. And naturally, every now and again, you get to where you can slip into a gossip conversation um, of like a shared experience. And then the next day in our little text group of the four of us, someone will go, so we probably shouldn't have said what we said last (laughs) night. We all need to confess um, today. And uh, let's not do that again. And I just like, I've never had friends like that, especially with me and my husband. We're like, me and my husband and then this other married couple are literally just able to say, yeah. hey, let's not do that again. Yeah. That wasn't good. Yeah. yeah. We took we took a night to think about it. We woke up. Yeah. yeah. That was wrong. We need yeah. to confess that. Like, yeah. I've yeah. never had that. And it's it's uncomfortable for five seconds, but then you're like, oh, no. Or yeah, more. I want <laughs> like, this well, is right. That's what's so significant to me about, like, hearing each and every one of these stories is not one of us is like, yeah, and it's terrible and awful and I hate it. And, like, 
maybe in the moment, like we, I think we all used the word yep. bristle. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, in we the don't moment, like it in the yeah, moment. Yeah, like of course it's gonna like yeah. it's gonna pinch your flesh. It's it's not gonna feel good. But I think every single one of us are like we see the benefit of that, you know, and that doesn't come without fellowship. It yeah. doesn't come yeah. without being in relationship with mm-hmm. other like-minded believers, sharpening each other, yeah. caring for one another, lifting one another's burdens. And so um, great conversation, ladies. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, we're going to go ahead and uh, pull from our fun cup here and close this thing down. So if you were to open a restaurant, what kind of food and drink would you serve? I already know. Okay. I've thought about this. Well, I came up with this question. I read all these questions. <laughs> you thought about this? Yeah. Um, it would be, I don't have a name for it, but it would definitely be like, a, uh, it would have coffee, but it wouldn't be like um, Starbucks because it would be like, you have your coffee bar and I would want, honestly, it'd be like a room of bars, room of stations. There's a coffee station. There's a cheese station. There's a so kind of like a buffet. A salad station. There's um, an ice cream thingy, and it's like you can come, and it's like a cafeteria vibe, but it's like one person works each station, and then it's like. I don't know. It's just like offers different things. And just whatever your taste buds are craving. Yeah. I like that. I would go to your restaurant. It wouldn't be just one, <laughs> you know, like genre of food. It would be like little mini yeah. stations. That's how stuff. literally like that is how I love to eat. So yeah, you, mm. I would be a faithful patron. Um, right now at the exact stage of life I'm at, um, I am on a very strict eating plan and just, just so no one, you know, um, I have not eliminated any food groups. Um, (laughs) and it's not, you know, a, a starvation thing, but I am on a very strict eating plan right now. And I would pretty much have a restaurant with anything, <laughs> um, anything that's calorie free food, <laughs> not in my eating plan. Um, but yeah, I've always said I just like plain food. Really? Yes. That's going to be because yeah. you're from up north. I, I don't know what it is. Um, I just and if it is another nationality yeah. of food, I. Um, Internet nationality, is that what you say? Yeah, Otherwise, international. Yeah. Um, I want it to be the Americanized version. <laughs> so like, you know, like I've had friends that would take me to Indian places yeah. and stuff like that. And I'm just like, yeah, that was, that was okay. Um, can oh we go God. back you to sound, Cracker Barrel? You sound you know? just <laughs> like my mom. Like literally that is like exactly. And I hate it because I am the, so I'm the yes. exact opposite. Yes, you are. Like, you like all the, ex- all yeah. the things. And so, yeah, I would have Erica's restaurant. Only all of mine would be international. You have everything food. international. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the food court at a mall. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> only it would all be like super high end, fine dining, oh, like pricey. really, really like well done. Yeah, right. it would probably be an expensive restaurant yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you get like this little circle as a portion yes, that's like size of a yes. quarter okay mm-hmm. like tech do you guys have uh brazilian steakhouses here i've been to one where they carve the meat off the pole <gasps> texas day brazil is mark and i's favorite restaurant and like they have like this um salad bar but it's like not a salad bar there's like so many different yes. choices and stuff oh my goodness so yeah but anyways mm, yeah 
Um, yeah, well, no, give me some pork, barbecue, <laughs> mac and cheese, fried okra. I'm a happy three girl. Life. That's meat and three. Meat and three. Every time that I try and do like something international or like adventurous with food, like my mom is like, <laughs> she's just like you. She's like, no, just give me the meat and potatoes. I want normal yeah. tasting food. Yes. Like we have to like plan our menus around when she comes down. She's yeah. like, is Mark cooking? What is he cooking? Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyways, yeah. all right. Well, thank you guys. Um, I, I just feel like this is a really great conversation. Um, so, and it's a great segue into our next episode where we are going to be diving into spiritual gifts. We touched on a little bit in this one about serving, uh, and serving your local body. And, uh, one of the ways that that come becomes maybe a little bit less laborious is when you know, like how God has created you and what purpose he has created you for. And, uh, the, the word talks a lot about spiritual gifts and how he's specifically gifted each one of us. And so we're going to dive into that topic a little bit. Um, we only have about an hour to talk about it and I feel like we could do an entire year series on spiritual gifts. And so, but yeah, so that is going to be our next episode. Thank you all for listening. Stay in touch and we will see you next time. All right. Thank you. Hey sisters, thank y'all so much for spending your time with us. We are excited and expectant for everything Jesus is going to do through these conversations. If you found this encouraging, insightful, or if it brought you some moments of joy or laughter, go ahead and share this episode with your spiritual sisters to keep today's conversation going. Then come on back and hang out with us on the next episode of The Iron Women.